Welcome to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from the legendary hills of Brown. Where the plum purple haze, the one nature herself drapes in the hills and hollers, inspires local characters, artists, and nature lovers. It's as though the hills themselves conspire to create a beauty and a culture in the heart of Indiana. Sit for a spell and hear the music. The tall tales. The true stories. And the current goings-on. Brought to you by folks who still know how to sit by a fire in winter. And swim buck naked in the summer. From the hot and sticky front porch of the Traditional Arts Building in Nashville, Indiana, I'm Frank Jones. And I'm Cairo. Frank, I think it's you that's hot and sticky. Mm. But this is our summertime show. Our first show ever, in fact. And it's going to go down like a tall glass of Grandma's Lemonade. In the next hour, we'll sit on the liar's bench for a tall tale, visit local painter Charlene Marsh in her studio, and hear some fine picking by the White Lightning Boys. We'll also celebrate summer through word and song. Coach Light Theater will dazzle us with show tunes, and we're going to talk to a bald eagle. I talk to eagles all the time. I bet you do. We love to tell tall tales on this show, but this first segment is strangely true and truly strange. What the hell? Where was that? What the hell? Why, oh, why? What the hell? Insanity. What the hell? Okie dokie. What the hell? Holy cow. What the hell? If you say so. What the hell? It takes all kinds. What the hell? I wonder about people. What the hell? Hey, y'all. This is Cairo. Come and join us for... What the hell? My partners in crime are... Kimbo. Willow. What the hell is about the strange, quirky, and sometimes census going-ons in Brown County? All opinions on the show are strictly ours. Yes, we have opinions like everyone else along with other things. Ponder this for a few minutes. The town of Nashville has Ordinance 131.02 congregating in public places. It states it is unlawful for any person to congregate or cause to be congregated a crowd of three or more persons upon a public street, alley, sidewalk, parking lot, school or school grounds, building, or any other public place within the town. What What the the hell? Now, now, let me finish. Within the town for the purpose of... Of or so as the effect to obstruct the same or as to hinder or annoy passerbys or occupants of adjacent premises or as to interfere with the activities normally carried on the premises. Now that's a what the hell in itself. This took effect May the 4th of 1970 and has a penalty of a fine up to $100. I mean, is this not a tourist town? That's what I heard. Me too. I mean, people congregate in town all the time. And who's to say what's annoying, interfering, obstructing, or hindering? Is this an infringement on the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights, the freedom of assembly? The more I think about this, the more questions arise. You want to read it for yourself? Just go to www.com. 
townofnashville.org and click on ordinances. Ponder this and see what questions arise. Now for the sheriff's log. A man is coming out of a manhole. Person calls to ask if it's raining. Man reports the covered bridge in Bean Blossom didn't feel right when he drove over it. County Highway is advised. Someone reports nude swimmers at Pikes Peak. Two cars dispatched. Trouble reported at the county dump. Someone abandoned a person there. Caller reports a boat went through Morgantown at a high rate of speed, headed west. A man wanted to know if he could burn his house down, was advised to talk to the fire department. Man wants to know if Sheriff would like to come watch his snake seat. Woman requests a deputy. Her pussycat is sick and will not come out from under the bed. Deputy en route. 6.41 p.m. Woman on Three Notch Road phones that she accidentally grazed her husband while shooting his hogs. Woman phones again to advise disregard earlier phone call. Says her husband received only a couple of small scratches on his chest from ricocheting shotgun pellets. Monroe County said a woman wanted us to be on the lookout for her husband who is drunk. She said she was worried about the car. 9.13 a.m. 11 cows missing since last night on Green Valley Road. Man advises that his dog, which bit a person, has been all right since then. This just in. Disregard on missing cows. They have come home. Woman reported several sleazy males at Long Mountain. Prisoner released to the custody of father to register for college. Thanks for being with us. This has been... What What the the hell? This is Cairo. This is Willow. This is Kimbo. We'd like to thank Marty Garvey on guitar and Dan Cantwell on banjo. What the hell? Holy cow. What the hell? Alrighty then. What the hell? Really? What the hell? Ooh, that'll leave a mark. What the hell? That's gotta hurt. What the hell? What's up with that? What the hell? They put it where? What the hell? Thanks to our friends at the Brown County Democrat for partnering with us on that feature. It's like poetry. You know what's like poetry? Poetry. Here's a bard of Brown County, Keith Kelly. I've been in the habit of traveling in the summer times, and people have gotten in the habit of asking me this year, what are you going to do this summer? Well, I got tired of the question, so I wrote it out. What I will do this summer. I shall hunt fossil remains under tulip trees. I shall swim in the humidity of evening rains. I shall travel by jet contrail, thundering from horizon to horizon. I shall bask on my back in tall grass as sunlight shreds the woods. I shall escape to a flat overlooking a turtle pond. I shall dine from an ethnic menu of meatloaf and gravy. I shall visit exotic lands and see strange people and places, Nashville. Bean Blossom, the IGA. 
I shall hear strange and terrible stories from the lips of natives. I shall take long naps and dream deep dreams. I shall end the quiet days with starry nights. I shall stay home. Well, that was right, Purdy Keith. Don't you think so, Frank? I could do that. Please don't. Hey, do you know Pat Webb? One of Brown County's finest. He's played with everyone who's anyone, even me. Well, then, he really will play with anyone. I do love this summertime song. And living is easy Fish are jumping And the cotton is high Your daddy's rich And your mama's good looking Baby, don't you cry
his song Summertime. This is a summer edition of the Brown County Hour. That's all true. Here's something that's not. Have a seat on the liar's bench next to master storyteller Steve Miller for a tall tale about a snake with a taste for moonshine. So um, one day, you know, this is many years ago, I was heading into Hobnob, which used to be my dad's drugstore, my grandfather's drugstore. And I was going in to meet somebody, and I passed by right there on the very first stool sitting there was Paul Schrock. And Paul, I'd heard many stories from him and from Bob Allen. Uh, He worked with Bob Allen on the surveying crew, so I got to hear a lot of stories from Paul, so I knew him pretty well. And as I stopped by, you know, I said, well, Paul, what are you doing in here so early? And he said, it's about 8 o'clock in the morning. He said, oh, I'm waiting for Doc Albert to show up. I got a cold. And I said, well, Paul, it's not like you to get a cold and be in town so early. And and I just noticed how he had some really funny, ugly hat on his head, and I made some comment about it. And as I started past him, he said, well, Steve, you might be interested how I caught this cold. And I turned around, and I, I thought, oh, okay, I, I got time. I said, yeah, I might be interested. How'd you catch that cold, Paul? <clears throat> he said, well, he says, I was working in my garden you know, two weeks ago. And I was just out there scratching with my hoe and started running into all these nice worms and started thinking about the the bluegill, those big bluegill down at the where Greasy Creek flows into Salt Creek down by the old mill, my favorite old hole. He said, I just couldn't stop thinking about those big bluegill. And he said, so I just put up my hoe and I went in the house and I got me a, I think I had a little small curd cottage cheese container that I'd found and I just brought it out there and filled her up with worms and and uh, just grabbed my favorite old moonshine recipe that I had there and grabbed me a jug of that and my fishing pole, and I headed down to the mouth of Greasy Creek. He said, and I, got, I got down there just stepping out across one of those, one of those rocks, those stepping rocks. It was kind of greasy, and up, oh, man, I just flew up. My feet got higher in my head in a second, and I just dropped all my pole, my worms, everything, and my moonshine right in the creek. And I grabbed my moonshine and grabbed for my worms, but I only came up with one little worm. Oh, and he said, now what am I going to do? I was all wet and the water was cold. He said, I just took off my shoes and sat there, and there was a log. And I just sat on that log and and just grabbed that one little worm started thinking, oh, man, you know, I had all these worms. I'm going to catch all these big bluegill sitting there smoking my pipe and thinking about stuff and what happened and blah, blah. And he said, and there's an old water snake 
that was swimming right up alongside that log, just coming right to me. Had a little frog in his mouth. He said, man, he said, now frogs are the best bait. Oh, they are big bluegill bait if I ever heard of. So he said, I just put my arm real quiet right under the water and stared that snake right in the eye, didn't blink. That snake came up or just kind of came up real quick and got him right behind the jaw and just pulled him up and looked that snake right in the eye. And I said, man, thank you so much for bringing me a nice bait for my big bluegill. And I just squeezed him behind the jaw and I took out that little frog and put it in my pocket. He says, I just thought, man, I'm going to give him a drink of my moonshine for that little present. So he said, I just held that snake up and gave him a nice little taste of my moonshine. He said, I turned that snake loose and said, I put that little frog on the end of that hook and threw it down there in that pothole and came up, oh, big, full, fat bluegill. He said, that thing was way over. He said, well, it was a pound or so. He said, well, before I got it home, it was at least a pound and a half. He said, so I just, you know, I was thinking, wow, that's just really cool. I can't wait to tell old my friends about the snake that brought me a frog. I caught me a big bluegill. He said, I was just about ready, smoking my pipe, thinking about ready to go. And he said, here came that snake right past that log again, had another little frog in his mouth. I didn't even have to hardly even not blink or reach down. He about jumped in my hand. He said, I grabbed that snake up and squeezed him behind the jaw, took out that frog again. He said, I gave him another drink of my moonshine. He says, I turned him loose. And he says, now, Steve, I'm telling the truth. I'm telling you that snake brought me seven more frogs that morning. Just went out and got them, brought them right back. And every time I gave him a drink of my moonshine, he said, so I couldn't wait. I couldn't believe it. And they were all a pound. He said, before I got them home, they were over a pound and a half. He said, so I told my friend, school teacher, Jack Weddle. Jack, I got to take you down to Greasy Creek and show you this snake I found. And I told him Jack wouldn't believe it. So Jack said, I'll pick you up Saturday morning. We'll go down there. So Jack came by and picked me up, and he had his little stash of moonshine. And he picked me up, and we went down there, and he said, we started making some noise. And here came that snake back up through there, and he had a little frog in his mouth. Jack couldn't believe it. And I said, see, I'm telling you, that thing, we give him drinks of our moonshine. He'll just bring us frogs all day. And Jack says, I don't believe this. So we just grabbed that little snake, and Jack gave him a drink of the moonshine and threw him back. And you know, Steve, he said, that snake never came back. It never came back and never brought me another frog, nothing. And Jack and I were just scratching our heads and we went on home and he said, so that was, I was catching this cold cause I'd be, I got real cold, you know, when I was catching those bluegill. And he said, but I, I woke up Wednesday night and I said, I realized what it was. He said, I had to prove it to myself. So he said, I went back down there just the other day, and he said, I took my moonshine down there, and that snake, I made some noise. Here he came back, gave him a drink of my moonshine. He, Steve, he brought me eight more frogs. And he said, do you know what it was? He said, he brought me eight frogs, and I, I knew exactly what was going on. I said, well, Paul, what was it? He said, he only likes my moonshine recipe. He didn't like Jack's. Jack makes his different. And that snake favored my moonshine recipe. 
And that's when I realized that the whole restaurant of Hobnob had shut up and was listening. Everybody, there wasn't a fork clanking or anybody talking. Everybody had heard this whole story. And what that was, was taken from Paul Schrock, who was the grandson of Veen Schrock, who was uh, Ken Hubbard had modeled his character A. Martin after Veen Schrock that I had heard about. And Paul had told me a real story that he had heard from his uh, grandfather. And it was a moonshine bragging recipe about when everybody told about their recipes, Veen told that one to prove that his, that snake only liked his recipe. So that's just one of the stories uh, that I had told Slats, Klug, you know, a long time ago when we were hadn't even thought about Liar's Bench, and that's, you know, that's kind of the beginning of me telling stories with Slats, and we created the whole album Liar's Bench based on the stories, and I got most of these stories from uh, Frank Holmberger's journal when I read his journal, about 600 pages that actually I did hear Frank Holmberger typing his journal when I was a little kid down on the top floor there, there at the Bartley house. So that's just one of the many stories I've got to tell you. I've got many Bob Allen stories and stories of uh, a superstitious grave digger and Molly Lucas and uh, Allie Ferguson, uh, the Wash and Mary Barnes story. So I've got many stories to tell you. That was just one of them. All right. Thank you. Steve, a very Brown County tale indeed. I don't believe a word that guy says. Well, I believe this. It's time to pause for a station identification. Sounds painful. It's even more scary when you mix in this recording of those nasty summer storms we had back in June. Back with more of the Brown County Hour right after this. And we're back with more of the Brown County Hour, a production of WFHB Community Radio for South Central Indiana. They say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and local painter Charlene Marsh sure has a good eye. Some say she has two. We sent correspondent Susan Showalter to Marsh's cabin studio in search of inspiration. This is Susan Showalter in Brown County, Indiana, recording for WFHB Radio. And I'm here with artist Charlene Marsh in her Brown County studio during the studio and garden tour in late June. Charlene's been an artist here in Brown County for how long, Charlene? Since 1987. She's a painter and a 
has worked in fiber arts and is a fantastic artist. So tell us about your summer. How's it going? Busy. <laughs> very, very busy. Um, doing a lot of shows and between shows trying to catch up with the painting and gardening out here in Brown County. Do you paint in your studio? I paint both plein air, which is a French term meaning open air, and I also paint in the studio uh, based on the paintings I do out on location. Mm -hmm. So how much time do you spend out on location? Well, as much as I can, but I've just been so busy lately with uh, the shows. I did six shows in a row recently, and that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for plein air painting. So six shows, uh, like six weekends in a row? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Traveling around just in Indiana? or where do you uh, Well, I went to Kansas City, Chicago, around the Midwest, I'll just say that. <laughs> so it's a relief to be here this weekend for the Studio and Garden Tour? Yes, it's really wonderful to be, be at home in my studio out in the country. Out in the forest. Yep. How, uh, you live here on, on the edge of the National Forest? Well, I live at the edge of Yellowwood State Forest, uh, and I have a two-mile hiking trail in the forest that I hike every day when I'm home. And uh, I'll hike a mile out a ridge and then drop down and hike a mile back up following the creek. And that's also where I paint. Many of my paintings are done out along that trail in all four seasons checking out different vantages. And then I also paint around my property, um, the flower gardens and wildflowers, and other locations in Brown County. Mm -hmm. Love living in Brown County, out in the woods, making That's artwork. Plus, I love doing the shows, too. I love doing the shows, too. It's just, it's hard for me physically. And, it, but once I'm there... It's hard for me physically, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. Once I'm there, I just get turned on by sharing my joy for the yeah. pictures with the other people that seen yeah. it and that the story art. behind how you did that or why you were there or what you liked about this yeah. that made you want to take a picture or paint it or whatever yeah and, and just have people say oh your work inspires me and right knowing if they take a piece home that it's going to be in their space kind of uh, you know reverberating in their space i always think of it as raising the vibrational frequency and that I always look at the paintings as little holograms of the forest or nature. Mm -hmm. And when people take it home and put it in their space, it's like that energy is like helping raise the vibrational frequency in their space. I always think of it as um, a, a good piece of art makes the heart sing. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Well, or, or depending on the art, maybe the heart's sad or whatever. Well, I, I always think there's two kinds of art. There's what I call cathartic art and chi raising art mm -hmm. and the cathartic art is to to express those emotions and learning experiences and the chi raising art is just for sheer beauty and joy yeah. and to raise the vibrational frequency i read somewhere that trees have the same vibrational frequency of the human body but, you know, we get so frazzled with all the electromagnetic pollution that I see the trees as like helping recenter and reset our own natural vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. So I find being in the forest real grounding and rejuvenating. And to me, it's like it punctuates the day. I mean, I have to go out in the forest every day. Right. Yeah. 
And you also raise your own food pretty much, uh, as much as you can, right? As much as I can. Uh, yeah, the gardens aren't quite what I want them to be if I'd been home all the time. But, um, yeah, I raise a lot of... And I also eat a lot of wild edibles. There's a lot of uh, uh, greens I can pick out in the forest and both around my property. Um, I was saying earlier to one of the people that had stopped in, uh, one woman's weed is another woman's wild edible. So (laughs) (laughs) a lot of times if people look at my gardens, they may think they're full of weeds, but they're actually wild edibles, Mm -hmm. lamb's quarters, sorrel, dandelions, plantains, all those are edible. And of course, extremely nutritious because they're, they're wild and the soil's still very good in my gardens and in the forest so um, just really high quality food and you eat raw food right yes mm-hmm. yeah I've been on the raw food diet seven years now since mm-hmm. 2003 yeah great great so um, what did you prepare for the show here this weekend anything special well I actually um, to get ready for the tour I ended up um, turning one of my buildings it was originally a studio and then i used it for storage for the past eight or ten years so i basically cleaned it out fixed it up repainted it and have opened it as a new gallery studio wonderful yeah here on the property so it's a beautiful little space with beautiful windows and um got a couple hummingbird feeders and lots of hummingbirds and flowers it's just yeah flowers and hummingbirds and fine art and you know oil paintings and it's just really a beautiful space and then i also set up a little easy up tent for the food and some chairs and uh, for a little outdoor space so do you welcome people out to your studio home studio and gallery at other times too? Um, yes, now that I have the new space open, people are welcome to come out. I recommend um, that you give me a call in advance just to make sure I'm here. Um, What's your phone number? My phone number, 812-988-4497. Of course, it's a local call to Bloomington. Right. Um, but, you know, because I am a plein air painter, um, I always say I'm out, out and about and roundabout, and I just want to make sure I'm here if somebody wants to stop in. Right. And how about, um, do you have a website, too? I do, uh, com, mm-hmm. and um, it has some artwork on it, and... Um, has my contact information. So you do the studio and garden tour, and you're also going to be on the uh, back roads tour, are you? Yes, I'm going to be on the back roads okay. tour. That's in October. Is your work available other places in Brown County or locally in the area here in southern Indiana? Uh, I have work at, I'm a, a member of the Brown County Art Guild. I have work available there, and I also have work at the Iris Garden Gallery. Both in Nashville. In Nashville. And I do, I have some work up at Magdalena Gallery in Carmel Mm -hmm. on the north side of Indianapolis. Okay. Well, thanks for visiting with us today. um, Well, thanks for stopping in. I'm glad to. The gallery looks great. Oh, thanks. Of course, your paintings are beautiful. Thank you. I hope you sell a lot and this show is very successful for you. Well, thank you. So we've been talking with Charlene March here at her rural Brown County studio on Lanham Ridge Road and for WFHB Radio. This is Brown County artist Susan Showalter.
Susan. And if you know a local artist you'd like for us to feature on the Brown County Hour, holler at us. The email address is bch at wfhb.org. That's not orgy. That's org, Frank, org. (laughs) That's what I get for looking. (laughs) Brown County is home to a wildlife rescue operation with some very sassy birds. Correspondent Kaylee Witt has the story. Walk along a road in Brown County, and it's not surprising to hear a friendly hello from your neighbor as you pass by. But there's one place near Nashville where the welcome sounds a little different. Ben the Bald Eagle is just one of the residents at Return to the Wild, a raptor rehabilitation facility. President of the organization, Patty Reynolds, explains what they do. Return to the Wild has two missions, really. The first is the rehabilitation of injured and orphaned birds of prey. Uh, With the injured birds, we take them in, work with a vet to get their injuries healed up if possible, and get them back out into the wild where they belong. We also, uh, with the help of foster parents, raise... uh, orphaned or abandoned uh, baby raptors and make sure they learn how to hunt and know that they are owls or hawks or whatever they are and get them back out into the wild so they can live their lives. The other part of the mission is education of the public on the natural history of these birds and how we interact with them in our daily lives and also basic you know, other basic environmental issues. Where and how often do you give education presentations? We give presentations in a number of different types of venues. Uh, We do about 20 presentations a year at the Brown County State Park, but we also uh, work with a lot of schools and libraries. We work with a lot of local county uh, library systems for their summer education programs and, and their fall education programs. We work with the Idle Torg Museum up in Indianapolis. We've gone as far north as, as uh, Anderson or Muncie to do programs at schools and festivals, and as far south as the Ohio River. We also do uh, camps and festivals and Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, church groups, uh, adult organizations, just about anybody who will sit and listen to us talk about these animals <laughs> and... and uh, their, their place in our world. Vice President and Education Director Laura Edmonds talks about the resident birds used for education. We have around 20 uh, or so resident birds um, that uh, are non-releasable for various reasons. Uh, some have never been able to get over their injuries and, and, and some have psychological problems because humans raised them when uh, they should have turned them into a, a rehab center. But anyway, we have about 20 residents, and uh, we have uh, start with the little tiny American kestrel and the screech owl, which are about six or seven inches high, and we go all the way up uh, to bald eagles. So we can uh, present uh, uh, programs uh, that uh, cover just about any type of raptor uh, in, in Indiana. Jim Eagleman, interpretive naturalist at Brown County State Park, explains the benefit of partnership with Return to the Wild. The mission of the Return to the Wild is parallel with the, the mission of the Department of Natural Resources, where we're both into uh, conservation education and uh, awareness of these resources. Um, so who better to have come and talk than these ladies who do a great job and they're always well received. 
Return to the Wild gives around 100 presentations a year, but patient care is year-round. And then as far as patients go, we have anywhere from sometimes we'll have as little as five or six patients and sometimes we'll have uh, almost 30 patients. And so it's a kind of a busy place. Well, from an organizational standpoint, our staff has expanded to seven people, and we kind of like to keep it about that size because it's manageable, and uh, we have people who now have amassed quite a bit of experience. Uh, I think I added it up at one time, and we, there's almost 100 years' experience between the seven of us. The volunteer staff does everything from hauling gravel into cages... To assisting in presentations. Just so you know, this is a big owl, and if you're sitting in the aisle and you're afraid, it's okay to move. As far as the future goes, I think uh, what we'd like to do is just to uh, continue to. Uh, expand the number of programs that we do. Um, just recently we've added a couple of extra species. We've added a barn owl to our collection. Uh, uh, we have a uh, great horned owl, barred owl, um, uh, several different types of hawks and falcons. So um, we need to keep those guys uh, interesting and current. And uh, that's what we plan to do with our education thing, is just to keep expanding that and get as much um, time with the public as we can. Thank you for Thank coming. You. For more information on Return to the Wild, visit their website at returntothewild.org or call 812-988-8990. For the Brown County Hour, this is Kaylee Witt. This is the Brown County Hour. I'm Frank Jones. And I'm Cairo. Gunther Flom is a poet and he knows it. <laughs> it is. And his feet show it. They're long, fellas. Jeez, oh, Pete. For our summer show, Gunther reads an original poem about Squirrel Roadkill. Mm -mm. Squirrels in the city are cute and good. There's squirrels throughout the neighborhood, and in the trees most every day those squirrels run and leap and play. And if by chance they're struck by a car, they're left right there, just where they are. But in the country, understand, there's folks who live upon the land. With every squirrel found in the road, they think they found the mother load. With squirrel leg and possum thigh, they bake themselves a roadkill pie. And after dinner around the fire, they bless their meal, fresh killed by tire. So when they come into the town, they can't believe the food around. It makes them stammer, stare, and stutter at all the food left in the gutter. And as they drive a city street, they can't believe the waste of meat. So country-wise and with great pity, they know who starves within the city. It's those who stand upon the curb and leave those meals there undisturbed. Why, they'd skin the critter tail to snout and teach them folks about dining out. They'd make it known and understood that squirrels are cute and squirrels are good. Well done, Gunther. I could swear I could smell that roadkill. That's your feet. It's time for a station break. We'll be back after the bullfrogs have their say.
Welcome back to the Brown County Hour. I'm Frank Jones. And I'm Cairo. This program is a production of Community Radio WFHB, and on the 4th of July, the station hosted our annual Acoustic Roots Festival here in Brown County. Local favorites, the White Lightning Boys, tore it up with finger-picking so fast you couldn't even see it on the radio. That's fast. I want to see you guys dancing.
White Lightning Boys live on stage in Story, Indiana for the WFHB Acoustic Roots Festival. Now that was a good time. I, I don't remember much. Then you definitely had a good time. The folks at Coach Light Theater put on some good shows, too. We invited them to do some show tunes for us at the Brown County Hour. Hi, I'm Russell Moss, and I'm here to discuss Coach Light Musical Theater with Amy Smittabush. Coach Light Musical Theater is a professional theater featuring original musical comedies with local Indiana talent. These shows were written by Golden Ticket Productions to be performed only here in Brown County. Our actors have you know, experience from L.A. to New York, but they all live in Indiana now. Well, we currently have three original productions running weekly. The first is Cowboy Sweethearts. It's filled with the music and life stories of Patsy Cline, Brenda Lee, and Loretta Lynn. These three legendary women were friends in real life, but they never had an opportunity to perform all together. So we like to say that this is the concert that never was, but should have been. The talent is truly exceptional, and you can hear it in this excerpt of Sweet Dreams featuring Julie Powers as Patsy Cline. Our next show is Platinum Girls. This show has been all the rage in town. It's the story of three women who were once part of a one-hit wonder girl group many years ago. However, in recent years, their careers have kind of stalled, but they now want to plan a comeback concert. This show is guaranteed to have you laughing out loud with hilarious song parodies and physical comedy that you really haven't seen since I Love Lucy. There are 20 songs ranging from the Supremes to Shania Twain, even a little Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga? <laughs> You've got to see it to believe it. <laughs> and here's a clip from In His Kiss, featuring myself with Andrea Swift-Hanlon and Judy Turnbow. Does he love me? I want to know. How can I tell if he loves me so?
love that song. Most people do, but there's plenty more where that came from. But let's not forget our other show, Tumbleweed. This is a musical comedy spoof of the Old West. You remember those B-Westerns? Well, we like to say that Tumbleweed, it's not a spaghetti Western, but more of a mac and cheese Western. (laughs) (laughs) We've got all the characters you'd expect, from the good sheriff, Willie White, to the good-for-nothing Black Bart and his saloon gal, Kitty Gordon. Oh, and don't forget the infamous Dolly Diamond, who's known for her jewels and her marriages. Oh, I understand you play that part. I do, I do. You gotta come see it. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The music in the show, it's all original. Here's a snippet of the song, Good, Good Woman for a Bad, Bad Man, sung by Andrea Swift Hanlon. I'm a good, good woman for a bad, bad man. Got a man who knows life can be hotter in the fire than the frying pan. And he jumped in for me. I'm the kind of woman that's not hard to please. Long as my perfect match comes along. Doesn't take long to see what their flame sparks in me. It feels so right when it's wrong. Don't send me no banker's son who thinks that he holds the key. Coachlight Musical Theater is located at 227 South Van Buren Street in Coachlight Square. We're right next to Holy Cow Restaurant. You can purchase tickets online anytime at www.coachlightmusicals.com or at our box office, which is open starting at 3 p.m. on the days of our shows. And we even have more shows planned for this year. We have a brand new show premiering in August. We typically have shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights at 7.30. But check our website for specifics. I should have been in show business. You sort of are. The Brown County Hour is proud to partner with the Brown County History Center. On every show, the History Center's Pete Siebert answers the question, what's the difference between then and now? Howdy, folks, and welcome to Peaceful Valley, the native's name for Brown County. My grandfather had another name for it, Brown Country. And Brown Country is located on the edge of the village forest in that old Hoosier state of mind near the heart of the universe. And you get there by slowing down, lightening up, and looking round. We plan to take you back in time so that you can feel and see with your ears the ornery wonderfulness of the pioneer people, the artists traditional and fine, plus some of the hijinks of yesterday. In other words, we'll answer the question, what are the differences between then and now? Putting it that way, not a whole lot has changed, has it, for a couple hundred years until now. Of course, there's less trees, more people, but you can still find those things and those people that are made with hands. Some do it so well it's called art. Some of us do it to make a buck, and others just want to tell somebody that you're wild about them. Exactly. That's what the Brown County History Center folks will do as our part of the Brown County Hour. 
The question we get asked the most at the History Center is what's the difference between then and now? The short answer is a whole lot and not much. But the long answer is first, and the biggest difference is the speed of things today. Why folks 200 years ago didn't fly as fast in their dreams as we do in our Chevys, let alone a big 747 or a fighter jet. The light is different today. People went to bed with the sun going down, at least the little ones and those working from sun up to sun down. Why, you'd think today the whole world's a thief the way they have lights on all the time. The sound of machines back then, well, the only one was the blacksmith pounding on the anvil, the pinging as he shaped the horseshoes and the hooks. They say today some people can't go to sleep without a machine running. The smells of nature are different. They're not all pleasant, I admit, but the smell of clean is not in the lemon pledge or Lysol, but right after a shower when Mother Nature has given everything a bath. People are not as different as you might think. Families are still built on respect and trust with a whole lot of fun and some hollering going on every now and then. A neighbor on Facebook is a little like neighboring over the fence, but you, can't, you couldn't walk away from your neighbor when you lived next to him back then, at least not very far. Several years ago, a young preacher had only one person show up on a Sunday morning because of a big old snowstorm. Well, this preacher boy went through the whole service, and he preached his heart out, and at the back of the church, he asked the only old farmer who came, how'd I do? Well, son, he said, I'll tell you this. If I carried a whole load of hay out into the field and only one cow showed up, I wouldn't dump the whole load. Well, folks, we're not going to try to dump the whole load on you here. Brown County has so much fun and frolics and foolishness and the wonder of what happened here and still happens. Herb Miller closed his drugstore on a summer night in 1938. Started whistling, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. In ten strides, he came to the front of the Nickelodeon, the only movie show in the county. He stopped and leaned back, almost bumped into Will Water. Will's handkerchief was wiping his eyes again. Herb looked up at Will, his longtime friend. What's wrong, Will? Nothing. It's this Snow White movie. I've seen it seven times now. And it gets me every time. How, Will? As an illustrator for books and magazines, I know what kind of work and time it took to draw a full-length animated movie. Plus, it's in color, and it's a talky as well. So you can see why it gets me every time. Folks, we hope to get you every time as you turn into the Brown County Hour and you hear the folks of the brown country tell and sing. These moments in time came to you courtesy of the Pioneer Village Museum, located in the Brown County History Center, where you can slow down, look around and lighten up, and you'll find yourself in brown country that's located on the edge of the village forest in that Hoosier state of mind near the heart of the universe. Thanks, Pete. And that's the end of Episode 1 of the Brown County Hour. 
I don't remember much. Didn't you just say that like 10 minutes ago? Thanks to correspondents Kaylee Witt, Susan Showalter, Steve Miller, and Pete Siebert. Our resident poets are Keith Kelly and Gunther Flum. What the Hell is produced by Carol Connor, Patty Peeker, and Kim Tyner. Also thanks to our featured musical guests, the White Lightning Boys and Pat Webb. Jeff Quick and Rick Fedick are our associate producers. The Brown County Hour managing producer and general cat herder is Pam Rader. Technical producer and webmaster is Jeff Foster. Our executive producer is Chad Carruthers. For the Brown County Hour, I'm Frank Jones. And I'm Cairo. Big thanks to our partners at the Brown County History Center. We'll be back in October to watch the leaves change from the porch of the traditional arts building in downtown Nashville, Indiana. You've been listening to the Brown County Hour. Coming to you from deep in the woods of Brown County, Indiana. Celebrating the arts, culture, and nature that make this such a unique community. Visit us online at browncountyhour.com. The Brown County Hour is a production of WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported community radio for South Central Indiana. Take me back, back to my home, Brown County home.